Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Welcome, welcome, y'all. You guys might have noticed if you're watching the video version of this or even just listening to it, we got some new equipment, y'all. Good call, by the way, Chuck. Upgrades, Mike, upgrades. That's what it's all about. We're going to keep this kind of train rolling and just keep progressively making it better. And speaking of which, what allows us to do that is all the amazing courses, programs, and things that we have in our store. If you guys want to check them out below, you can see all of our links and information. Specifically, we launched our Booty Builder course that we're really excited about as far as a total body series we're putting out. Now, to be honest, even though most women are going to want to work on their butts, this isn't just for women. It's really for everybody. You're not only going to have a booty builder kind of focus with your butt and mind your legs, but it's total body workouts. We also have our 28 day nutrition course. That's still available. We're going to keep it open for everybody and then everything in between. But that being said, let's dig on into today's episode. Actually really quick, Chuck, I did post this and we're going to just give one more plug for it. If you guys want to come on the podcast and you want a discounted, um, cost for that we're offering that up we've got currently three spots left I, we put up five two of them were taken i have a third one i think that might have just been taken so maybe by the time you guys listen it's gone but i just figured i'd throw it out but let's jump on into it today and today we're going to be talking about a lot of the questions we get around all right cool i know what my goal is but how do i train based on what my goal is and then how does that impact where i'm currently at and where i'm going to go long term right so first first and foremost is identifying what that goal is do we want to have a beach body? Do we want to be ready for summer? Do we want to be more functionally strong? Do we want to be more mobile? We have to identify what that ultimate goal is. Now, what I like to do with clients is I like to identify a three-month goal, and then I will identify a long-term goal. But we first have to identify and, and zero in on what that goal is. And then from there, we start to assess, and then we start to build that program off of where we need to be and where we need to go. A hundred percent. And being able to say, Hey, first we're looking at, like you said, our three month goal, that's the, you know, outcome based goal and the destination we're trying to get to and accomplish. And I always use this analogy of a GPS system in order for a GPS system to work. And that's basically our plan of attack, whether it's training or nutrition or everything in between, we need to know where, where we want to go to, but where we currently are as well. So we want to get Where's that three-month goal? Where am I currently at with assessment? And that's what we do with our clients while we like to have the assessment from the food log that we do and the way we approach that to even getting some basic training information to look at where we're currently at. And then we can comprise the plan on, okay, over the next 12 weeks, we need to hit these checkpoints along the way to get us to that outcome goal. And those checkpoints and everything in between is really more about the process, more about what are the day-to-day -day steps I need to take in order to get there. And this is, I want to give a quick plug 
what we're going to be continuously adding for you guys, just to keep adding value, adding resources, and just kind of leveling everything up from the equipment to the resources and everything in between is below. You'll see, and we're even going to start sharing this on social media as well. Just comment on a lot of our posts. You're going to get some really cool resources when we mention them. Put in your email. We're going to send you guys a downloadable PDF that you can actually use the help that we use for our goal setting, specifically looking at SMART goals and how that integrates into everything we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And the, and the thing about SMART goals, attainable SMART goals, like if we want to be functionally strong, if we want to be stronger, we know that's not going to happen within the first couple of weeks of training. That may not happen until six months into training. We have to make sure that there's a progression of the, the way we're doing things. Also, the same thing when we're cutting. If we're cutting and we start a program out, you have to give the program time to start working. The program's not going to be magically overnight where, you know, start a program and within two weeks, you're going to be seeing these magical results. The results take time to get to. And that's what we're talking about with a smart goal, a smart attainable goal. So we'll hit certain things within that goal in certain timelines within those weeks, months, whatever the progression is to get ultimately to your end game. A hundred percent. Even if we break down that acronym, we've done podcasts again in the past. We'll put a link below as well. If you really want to dig into the nitty gritty of it, but just to kind of recap smarting, stand, smarting, smart standing for as an acronym, specific, measurable. And this is pending on who you talk to and where you get it either attainable or action-based relevant or realistic. That's can be swapped out again, depending on who you talk to with the acronym and time sensitive. So again, we know, all right, in 12 weeks, six months, whatever the timeline is, what we want to get to, but even on the weekly incremental steps, we have this time sensitive goal. For example, I'll lay out, I think a really clean example when it comes to the fitness, I want, or I will go to the gym or work out with my program, a total body workout program or upper and lower body split four times for 45 minutes, I have the exact routine laid out and I'm going to have this accomplished by next Tuesday or next Friday or next Sunday. So you have, again, it's very specific. It's measurable. You either hit those four or you didn't, you hit three, you hit two, you hit four, whatever the number is. And then you can kind of work around that. It's going to be again, attainable. That's the other thing. We don't want to set a goal. Like I'm going to work out seven days a week. If you just are getting into it, that's not going to work. Not and even work. if you could do it for a week or two, it's not sustainable. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to fail. And that's where even the, again, relevant part of it to the big picture, going to our outcome based goal. How is this process oriented goal related to that big outcome based goal? Because if it's, hey, I want to get stronger, but I'm going to be lifting in a, in a hit based protocol or a protocol more for my metabolism or more for leaning out for summer, that's not relevant to the big picture goal. So don't be surprised when you don't get stronger or you don't get as effectively stronger as you could have focusing on that. Right. A hundred percent. And that's why I, I, throughout the course of the year, I have different goals depending on what you know time of the year it is. If I know that we're going into winter and, you know, just came off of summer, we're going into winter. That's the time I usually focus on myself to get stronger. Why? Because I know I'm going to be packing on a lot of weight. I'm going to be packing on a lot of dense muscle. So in the wintertime, nobody's staring at my body in the beach. We're, we all covered in sweatpants and sweatshirts and everything. So why not just get stronger, get bigger? And every, everybody does this cycle. So in the wintertime, usually that's when strength and mass get brought on. And then again, I usually do it a lot earlier. So people are usually right around this time, um, a little bit earlier, March time, that's when they're going to start getting their summer body ready. When to lean out for summertime, 
Me, it takes me a little bit longer. I'm older. Uh, so I usually start working on mine in like the February, end of January, February. That's when I start to decrease my strength load and I start to focus on my shred load. So throughout the course of the seasons, you may have different goals, but again, it's identifying what those goals are and making them attainable and achievable. And it's all about the achievable ones as well. well achievable. Did you, you caught that, right? Um, but yeah, 100% to your point. Now, I can already hear some of the listeners saying, but but hey, Mike and Chuck, I want the best of both worlds. I want to be able to build strength. I want to be able to get leaner. Or maybe I'm an athlete and I'm going into camp. Or like fighters don't have a season, right? So we have to be ready year round. That's Absolutely. where I do think there's a way to like piggyback on what Chuck is saying here. And what I want to kind of pull out for you guys is that's Chuck's choice and that's his lifestyle approach exactly. and what works best for him. So being able to also, and, and all of this, just to kind of pause and be mindful when it comes to the goal setting and being able to learn how your training fits where you're currently at, where you want to be, is it's almost like experimenting. You're going to fail at some point or you're going to have barriers come up. You're going to have issues come up and that's okay. Don't get discouraged when that happens. Myself and Chuck included in any coach out there, they tell you they've never failed at something. They're full of it. And I'm going to call them out right now. I'm going to tell you right now, I go into my workouts all the time with a plan and I fail every single time. Every stinking time I fail because I'm always, there's a million things going through my mind at any given point in time. Usually when I'm working out, People will come up to me and they'll ask me a million questions when I'm working out as well. So I go into the gym with a mindset. And even though I'm in my own gym now in my gym, I still have people ask me things to this day. Uh, so, yeah, he's one of them. <laughs> so even when I'm working out, I still get interrupted. So I'll go into the gym thinking that I'm going to have a great workout. I'm going to completely go off the grid and, and I'm just going to focus on my workout for the day. And I fail every single time because I get distracted. Failing is okay. And again, what Mike was saying, that plan, that's my old plan, by the way. I don't do that plan anymore because I'm older now. So, you know, I have specific goals to support my jujitsu now. So I don't do a lot of heavy, heavy strength training anymore because it doesn't really bode well for my joints, especially going into jujitsu. So overall now, I have a, a plan, a 12-month plan that I work throughout the course of the year to support my ultimate goal of being a better jiu-jitsu practitioner. So I like to build strength, and I balance that with being more mobile and being more functional with my jiu-jitsu. So again, everybody has a plan. Those plans adapt and change over time, and it is okay to fail because you're going to fail. If you go into the gym with a mindset of you're going to rock out your, your, your workout for the day – and you just don't feel great and you don't have that a, a super workout for the day. It's okay. You still put some work in and it's okay that you failed and you get better, feel better, go back into it and do it again the next time. hundred percent. What I want to pull out there too, is again, that comes back to the process oriented piece of the goal setting on a week to week basis. And that's where I think, you know, there's this split in my mind of being okay with failure and the experimentation side of things. And when I talk about goal setting in the long term, where failure, I think, can be, it can tip the scales to where it can be a disadvantage is when you're failing at a process-oriented goal. For example, I, I set up too lofty of a goal. I want to work out seven days next week when realistically I knew I was only going to work out three or four. Even if you feel like that is realistic, like maybe go towards, and I always use this analogy on a scale of one to 10, one's impossible, 10 I could do with my eyes closed. We want it at like an eight, nine, or a 10. Now that doesn't mean to Chuck's point, 
you go into the workout and you make every workout easy where it's like, oh, this is a 10 workout, super easy. I can crush it. That's where I think being able to experiment with failure is okay. And even if you do fail with the goal, the process oriented goal, giving yourself that permission and being okay with, hey, I did fail. I'm going to objectively reflect now, look at it and make some kind of objective oriented goal setting or just adjustments based on that. And sometimes that can be hard. That's why I have a coach. Chuck has, a, we all have our coaches and that's why we utilize each other. And that's why I think every coach needs to have a coach. And everyone out there should have a coach to help facilitate this process. Yeah. That mindset of every coach needs to have a coach a hundred percent, you know, even if you're just the regular nine to fiver that goes in and you know, is trying to attain a certain goal, you know, you should have a coach walking you through that process and helping you get to that end game like every coach needs to have a coach. Um, I have multiple, I just don't have one coach. I have multiple coaches from my jujitsu coach to a strength coach, to a nutrition coach. I have multiple nutrition coaches. You know, you should have a good network of people that you can rely on to help you attain that goal. And even if uh, one thing to touch on, if we're, if we've got a plan, if we're in a plan, we're working a plan, we're working a program, and we ultimately have a goal in our mindset, um, we may have to revise that, that plan because it may not be working for you. You may be overworking. If you're going into the gym, you know, five, six days a week and your body is just not recovering properly, we may have to peel that back a little bit. And, and based upon the feedback that you give your coach, and that's why feedback always has to come into play when you're working a plan you can't just go in and, and not yeah i feel great i'm, I'm doing it I'm, I'm working the program but you're completely miserable doing it because your body's not recovering you have to communicate that so we can tweak and adjust those plans a hundred percent i think that's a big missing piece that we talk about all the time chuck is the communication side of things and that's what we like to make sure that we're delivering with our clients and having them come back to us and i want to share with you guys the audience if you're not a client of ours if you are obviously already know and you we, we've dug into the feedback and the communication side but being able to communicate if you're not working with a coach however you're approaching this that communication even within yourself having a journal being able to collect data so that you can be able to make adjustments based on that feedback and information that you're getting. And if you do have a coach and it's not working with us, hey, we may want to kind of make sure or ask, why are we not communicating more if that's not happening? And if it is, that's awesome. Keep that going and be transparent and honest with it. But hopefully your coach, and hopefully if, if it's working with us, we're not making you feel judged because that's the other thing I always and we always discuss with our clients is it's all objective data. It's not, Hey, we're judging yeah. you because of this, or you're a bad person or you're a failure. It's like, no, this is to help us progressively work towards that outcome-based goal so that we can get the processes in place to keep this going. Yeah. Listen, I've had clients, you know, again, we, we try to stay clean. We try to eat clean. Clients will go out for the weekend and they'll, they'll enjoy themselves for a weekend. It's never judgmental. You know, if I, ultimately, if somebody says, yeah, you know, I went out and I had, uh, you know, a terrible night. I ate terribly. I'm like, Ooh, what did you eat? Because I'm curious as to what they eat. It's not the, it, I'm not going to berate somebody for going out and enjoying life while they're on the program. Um, it's a, it's a balance between enjoying your life and staying healthy. Um, so it's never a judgmental thing. We just want that data to try to figure out how we can tweak your program and get you ultimately to that end game of having you in a healthier mindset and reaching your goal. Boom. hundred percent. So this is kind of where I want to 
We're going to kind of turn the corner really quick with one you know you last say piece. You say 100% a lot, Mike. I'm just letting you know. Do I say it 100% of the time? <laughs> you say it 100% of the time. I do. So this is another thing I've learned from doing and like I'm always, you know, doing new courses and continuing education and licensure courses and all that fun stuff. And one of the things that's come up in our recording sessions is that I say one, two, two expressions I say quite a bit is 100%. And, oh, there's a lot to unpack there. So let's unpack that. Or like You also say I'm going to piggyback on that. Oh, piggy, yeah. <laughs> That's another one, too. I love jumping on people's backs. <laughs> jumping on uh, the ride. Just, just to piggyback on that. <laughs> yeah, so I have these go-tos that I'm also just trying to progressively break up. But with that being said, and that's another one, with that being said, that being I love said. to work that one in there. Turning the corner here. So now we've talked about, okay, you have a resource. Again, the goal setting, how do we break this stuff down? One of the other things that we wanted to cover is now you have a grasp and an understanding on outcome process oriented goals, how to evaluate where you're at, how that looks and, and how we can kind of make approaches. Now let's talk about some of the most kind of popular goals we deal with and how that can look like in a training schedule. And what Again, this is a very general broad scope and still want to add value for you guys. So let's break down improving strength, being able to lean out and change body composition or I'm trying to just be a optimally performed, whether athlete, weekend warrior, I have a race coming up, some variation of that. So even in the strength side, I'm going to lump that in with gaining mass. Even though they're not always directly connected together, let's say we want to gain, be a hard gainer or gain strength. That's one category. Then we have our second category of I want to lean out, change body composition, be leaner, maybe beach time, summertime, whatever have you, or it's wintertime. You just want to have a six pack in the wintertime, whatever have you there. And then the third option, improving and optimizing your performance for a particular event or sport or skill. So go over a couple of things here, starting with the strength and mass, Chuck, I'm going to hand it off to you for this piece. And then we'll kind of keep tag team in this. Well, strength and mass, you know, that's uh, it's right up my alley. Uh, so strength and mass, what I would do specifically with a strength, training type of regime i'm going to have a lifter lift for four days four days three to four days out of the week preferably four um and what's that going to look like it's going to look like a heavy day uh and it's going to you know so you're going to train let's say chest on monday and monday's chest day is going to be super heavy we're going to have other body weights in there as well you know other body parts in there as well with that workout so on on a monday you're going to do a super heavy day and let's say on a thursday you may do a deload type of day. Uh, and the same thing with like on a Wednesday, you're going to do a super heavy lower day. And like on a Friday, you're going to do a deload type of day. Um, so I'm going to have somebody do like a four day split with that. And your workouts could consist of a, you know, probably an hour and a half to a two hour workout. It all depends. It's heavier weight. It's lower repetition, but it's multiple sets of that throughout the course. Um, so that's, that's my preference when I'm doing a strength training type of workout. I'm not going to give you all the secrets, but that's like one of the ideal things that I like to train people on when we're trying to build strength. Bingo. And with that in mind, I think the other side of it without tagging and is on a nutritional piece of that. And even some of the other components are again, not going into everything, but giving you an idea of, and this is almost on every training approach for the most part is having your calories and your choices, micro and macronutrients. So again, fats, carbs, protein, macronutrients, vitamins and minerals, micronutrients are like hydration and everything in between matching the intensity of the training that day. So on a Absolutely. heavier day, 
calories should be up God, to match right. that. On our deload days or our off days, our calories have to match that as well and right. change. And when we're mindful of that, A, hopefully we also have some blood work and some, some blood panels and mar- markers there to be able to understand I'm vitamin D deficient or I'm B vitamin deficient or whatever variation that we can work in nutrients as well or those foods to help with that. And then on the days we're not necessarily trying to increase carbs or calories, we can look at diversifying our nutrient intake possibly. So that's one piece on the strength side. So we're going to go from that yeah. now. And Chuck, do you want to add in there before yeah, we move you, on? You, Hit you, touched, you touched on something real quick there is that, that deficiency. Everybody's deficient in something. And, you know, person A may be deficient in different things from person B. So that's why we highly recommend all the time a blood panel getting done um, before you go into your plan. Because, and, and we're not talking about, uh, you know, crazy amounts of stuff. These are natural supplements that are found in the human body that people are deficient in. Could be B12. If you're low on energy, get some B12 in there. Uh, if we live in the north uh, Northeast region of the United States, we're all vitamin D deficient. So we should be taking vitamin D. Um, various things, vitamin C, uh, cortisol, all these different things have an effect on how you're going to be training. So we should get a blood panel taken and, and evaluated before we start any program. A hundred percent. I think that again, like Chuck's point is going to apply to all these categories. So now going into category number two, let's say I, I I still want to maintain my strength. Maybe I want to maintain the muscle that I've worked so hard for, but I want to progressively lean out and change my body composition to have a lower body fat percentage. And especially this time of year, that's a more common one more so now with the warmer weather traveling and whatnot. And as we think about this, I, in my mind, The same approach calorically still applies of like on the higher intensity days, we're going to have more calories on the lower intensity days. They change. However, the big piece here to me, and when we think about calories in calories out, they're getting too far into the details is if we want to lower body composition, we have to lower caloric intake and we need to be in a deficit, not every single day, but on certain amount of days for it to add up. And there's a way you can still be strong and maintain muscle tissue and getting into a deficit. Again, that's not where we're not going to go into all that right now. That's for, if you want to get into that nitty gritty, check the description below. And even on the training piece, we can change the focus, but I'm going to ch- hand that off to you, Chuck, to yeah. dig even on that part of it as well. So just to dive in and not give it all, all away, you know, there's a certain method about an approach about the caloric deficit that we can go into everybody's got a basal metabolic rate. So we base that off of that caloric deficit off of that. And that's how we judge where we should be in that caloric deficit based upon that metabolic rate that we're at. So where Mike talks about being in a caloric deficit, yes, if we want to shred down, we should be in a caloric deficit, but it depends on the level and the amount of training that we're doing. So if we want that that shred to start happening on the training cycle, we're going to start taking, we strip away all that heavy stuff. We're not doing that anymore. Our volume now goes up. So we're doing a lot of high repetitions. The weight goes down. We're doing a lot of high repetition. We're breathless. We're sweaty throughout our workout. That's going to be key being breathless and sweaty throughout our workout. So our rest time goes down, um, our volume goes up, and we have to be able to tax that body to burn out those calories. I'm not going to give you any more. That's it. Yeah, and that's, and that's honestly a great reference point is being able to, and the impact, one thing I will share here is the metabolic effect 
this style of training. Now, all styles, truthfully, if you have weight training going down, there is going to be a metabolic effect and enhancement from that because there's going to be a caloric need that will happen up to 48 hours from it. But when we go into this more intense style training, lower recovery period, the impact is significantly greater especially if we're timing it right with our rest windows and we have the right weight. Cause I think people are going to say, Oh, well, if I, I lower my weight and my reps go down, I'm going to lose all my strength. Well, no, if we pick an adequate amount of resistance, even if the volume's coming up, there's still going to be a ratio coming into play. And those muscle fibers will be stimulated enough to maintain a certain amount. And then when we go back to our other programming side of things, there will still be that kind of uh, return on our investment, even if it's just from a mitochondria density and utilization of the energy in the cells. And again, I, we're going to pause there. Otherwise, yeah. I'm get too excited and get the, it to all the, the, the tension on the muscles are still going to be there. Even if you lower the weight, the tension is still going to be there. So, you know, you get that meathead mentality that I've got to lift all this heavy weight. Not the case. I've significantly reduced the amount of weight that I lift. Yes, believe it or not, I said that. Um, but I still have a lot of dense muscle. I'm still right now, my lean body mass is 195 pounds. Um, so that hasn't changed over time. Um, so you could still, if you have tension, you can lower the amount that you're lifting and still have decent tension on the muscle. And when Chuck says he's lowering his overall, the, the numbers, this is also guys go check out the Thor challenge that he did and that we duetted on TikTok or on Instagram. He actually had to add weight onto the bar. Just, just cause it was too easy. So I'm just going to throw that out there. It's all perspective as well. So anyways, that's a little bit on when we're looking to lower or change body composition, lower body fat. That's a little bit on the nutritional training side. Now let's go to performance and being able to, this, to me, that's almost a hybrid of, of kind yeah. of the two coming together because yeah, absolutely. And, Pens on the event too, right? Like if I'm training for like, we're actually, I'm really excited about to give you guys a little sneak preview. We have an Ironman um, triathlete, an athlete that's going to be joining us that actually took one of those awesome spots to be able to come on board to share their experience and do the programming side. So we're going to be able to share their story. I'm not going to give you all the details yet, but that's one style of approach for a performance because that's hours of endurance and training we have to prepare for versus if maybe we're going to, let's say a sprint or a sprinters event, they're only going to need maybe five to 10 seconds worth of explosive power and strength. That's another. And then if we're looking at maybe jujitsu or Muay Thai three to five minute rounds, whether it's a tournament or a fight, that's a completely also different style and approach. So what we need to also understand is what is the particular event or skill or training that you're looking at? To me, depending on where you're at in your journey, usually the technique is going to take priority. And then the training is to just really keep us as healthy as possible, injury-free as possible, whether it's, again, the endurance side of things, whether it's the sprinter side of things, whether it's whatever event you're preparing for you're more than likely by getting the technical side of training down, you're getting a certain amount of stimulus for your strength, muscular endurance and conditioning. Doesn't mean we're not going to also work on conditioning in addition to that. But the, the approach to me is about preventing injury, keeping us healthy, and then the nutrition to refeed us and perform. And depending on if we're a weight-based athlete, that comes into like a little bit of the calorie deficit stuff that we won't get into, but Chuck, Give us more, more, more you, on top of that. You just, you just nailed it. You just, you just hit the ball out of the park. It depends on the event or the sport that we're training for. Everybody's different. Every sport is different. So again, if we're, if we're talking about an endurance athlete, we want to obviously support that endurance that they're going to need 
to complete that course. If we're talking about a jujitsu athlete or a boxing athlete, we're going to support movements and, and training to support that specific sport. Every sport is different. Everybody's got a different goal in their method of training. Now, it doesn't mean that there's one program that's going to fit all. So rather than getting into the, the specifics of training for each individual sport, we'll just leave it at that. Everybody has a different goal that they're going to be training for. Even you, uh, if, if you're not an athlete, if you're just a, a regular nine to fiver, as we, or we talk and we refer people to, you have an ultimate goal and it, your goal will fit your lifestyle, not everybody else's. So it depends on what that goal is that we're going to be specifically training for. 100%. So that's the big takeaway. I, again, again, guys. You said 100% again. See, I can't help it. <laughs> it's like talking with my hands. It's going to happen. You do. I, and I feel like like when your hands are off camera, I feel like they're doing this the whole time. <laughs> I, so I just either do this or I'm like doing you're one of these. You're Dr. Evil in it? <laughs> it's just happening. Or like right now, to be transparent, I have my stopwatch in my hand. I take it off my wrist because I need to fidget with something. Fidget so with keeping something. my hands off camera, I'm just doing this with my watch. Um, just so my, my, Mike's goal is we've got to, we got to, you know, train him to obviously just fidget throughout the course of the day. So he's burning calories all day long by fidgeting. All day. And I, I have a few clients that come to mind. We've talked about that. And that's, I think, a great actual side note to talk about before and we're going to kind of pause it after that of when you're moving for example i used to be a waiter when i was 16 to 18 i never calculated how many steps i was taking mm -hmm. and i would eat so many calories on those days and i was always amazed and then i would try and do the same thing years later when i was working at a desk and actually my dad's accounting office and i wasn't getting the same steps in i'm like why is the weight not coming off the same way that it was three years ago because i wasn't walking ten thousand steps you know, and like you gotta, that's a significant difference. It's, and that's a big portion of like where people miscommunicate with their coach is like, you know, yeah, I sit at a desk all day. I really don't walk around that much. If they, if they don't really tell us that much or, or how active you are, you know, we're, your, your caloric intake is going to be completely off and that that's going to affect your ultimate goal. So if you are a waiter, if you're, you know, if you don't sit down at a desk all day long or, even if you get up at lunchtime and go for a one mile walk, you should be communicating that to your coach so we can ultimately plan your goals out based upon the info that you're giving us. All that stuff is very important. Oh, and that's where, again, see, I tried to shift it up there, where being able to have your coach ask those questions. That's one thing we do try and progressively always work in is whether it's you're using a Fitbit or some data, or even just you have a smartphone, all smartphones now are tracking steps, unless you've turned that feature off then you have that information. That's what we try and get out of our clients and everyone. So again, just to bring it home, guys, to recap everything we talked about. First, check below because you're going to have a downloadable PDF. Put your email in. We'll send it out to you. It'll help you with the goal setting. It has these even fillable blanks and breaks down what the SMART acronym really digs into in case you guys already forgot. Looking at understanding what your outcome-based goal is, and then being able to reverse engineer that with process-oriented steps on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis, monthly basis, that uses smart goal setting to get you there. And if you do fail, that's okay. And be able to give yourself grace in that so that you can make adjustments and not judge, but ideally try and make it where it's going to be attainable. So you're not always failing, unless like Chuck or myself, like I truthfully try and be 
in a failed state or discomfort every single day, just because of the mindset, I guess, approach. And that's not for everyone. So if you know, Hey, I need to get some momentum here and feel good about what I'm doing, set yourself up for success a little bit more in the beginning. Absolutely. Just make sure your, your goals that you're getting are realistic and attainable. So if you want that good feeling that you've attained those goals, like try this week, I'm not going to have any sugar whatsoever. That's a, that's an easy goal. You know, you catch yourself going. I'm going to pause you, Chuck. Hold on. That's, I think to us sounds like an easy goal, but I know there's a lot of people listening. They're like, dude, so <laughs> that's let's an say, easy goal. That's such an easy goal. <laughs> yeah. Chuck's blowing that one out. And I agree, like, listen, I hear you because we've done this. How many times? Oh, how about this? Okay. So I'm going to change it up. Let's not. Okay. So if we want to decrease our sugar intake, I won't have any soda this week. Bingo. How about that? Bingo. And that's, again, when we talk about a smart goal, right? So it's specific. It's Don't measurable. Don't eat sugar. Just stop eating sugar. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So, or we could do to another variation of that is I'm going to decrease my sugar intake by 10% or I'm going to keep it under a hundred grand. That's an extreme example. Some like people, 20 I, I'm going to say it again. Stop eating sugar. But okay. I, I understand that there's an addiction to it as well. But, and that, that, you know, that's a big portion of it. Listen, I'm coming off a liver cleanse for the last two weeks, which was absolutely miserable. And I haven't been able to have coffee for two weeks, which is driving me crazy, which I'm drinking kombucha tea, uh, <laughs> which is also delicious. Uh, but it, it was, it was something that I needed to do internally, but people, it's, it's a very easy thing, mental reset to be able to say, identify, okay, I'm taking in too much sugar. So I need to do X to, to change that. So if it means I'm not going to have any soda for the week, but I need bubbles, I'll switch over to seltzer water. Those are very smart, attainable goals that we can work on within the first couple of weeks to make ourselves feel great. Boom. So we'll, honestly, guys, because we could keep on opening doors and going into these things. We're going to stop there. If you guys have more questions, again, you know where to find us. The information's below, whether it's on social media, whether it's on our email, on the website, or anything in between, you guys can find us. We're happy to support that. And again, if you want to claim one of the spots that are open to share your experience via a podcast and get a discounted program rate and just work with us on that, or we can work with you on that, we'll explore that. And again, all the other information is down below. We appreciate you guys. Chuck, you're the man. Everybody stay healthy. Keep fighting. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.